Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, we have information on a new Marvel television show in development. What? Are you excited, Matt? Because you should be. I'm so excited. It's The Runaways. I'm so excited. Yes, you are. Also, we will be talking about the new, brand new, Luke Cage trailer, where we see the tiara. And there's also going to be casting announcements and speculation on the season four of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Plus, we'll be covering a lot of your feedback that you sent in this week, and we're going to be talking about the Iron Fist trade paperback that we uh, brought up last week. It's called The Immortal Iron Fist uh, Complete Edition or something like that. Uh, <laughs> we, I don't know. If you haven't read it by now, yeah, you know, you probably won't. Uh, but it's, it's called The Immortal Iron Fist, The Complete Collection. Uh, it's trade paperback. We're going to talk about that tonight. All of that after this. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. My name is Matt Carroll. And I am Jeff Randall. Welcome in, my friends. Welcome in. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty excited, my friend. This, Why this are Luke, you so excited? Luke Cage, well, run, Runaways, first off. Yes, yes. Runaways. Yes. I, I hate to be so, you know, that's just new information, and I did not expect it. Yeah, it happened like today, they announced it. There's been speculate. We, we've speculated about Runaways being a great property to adapt yeah. over the years, and they're doing it. They're doing it on Hulu. Yep. It's going to Hulu. That's so weird. Well, it's a, it's a series about teenagers, so they want to make it accessible for people. Like, there's a lot of people that that have Hulu for the the standard TV stuff, and they want to make it accessible to those kinds of people. So, since it's a teenage series, they want to keep it on a lighter tone. I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't see how why you can't keep a lighter tone on Netflix. That you you definitely can. They've had lighter shows on Netflix. Yeah, I mean, Netflix has a kids option. Yeah, for but, sure. And I don't, I don't know. I don't want them to go too kiddie with this. I definitely think that it needs a lighter tone than. Oh yeah, it needs a lighter tone than like The Punisher does. Right. But like they still in the like in the first uh, in the first yeah, yeah, issue let's spoil too much. Let's of the spoil recent too much. one. There was a, a child sacrificed. Yeah, I think that's the the original one. I think it's the one, The Runaways. Yeah, um, it's a it's a fairly recent. Yeah, it was book. a Joss Whedon book, right? Yeah, well, not originally. Um, gosh, was he it? he took over after about two years. Oh, right, um, right. Um, yeah, it was a it was a Brian K. Vaughn book. Ah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Brian <clears> K. Vaughn's <throat> done a lot of really good stuff. Uh, really, really, really great stuff. And the reason I got into it was if it, it's uh, as everyone on the listens to this podcast regularly knows, I'm not a big reader. Of comics, like I don't in the, since I was younger, I haven't really read a lot of comic books in the last fifteen years. But uh, this is the one of the few exceptions. Um, <laughs> I, I actually read the majority of the Runaways, the first few years of Runaways, and I loved it. Uh, and the reason is, Joss Whedon, whom I loved, and I watched all of Buffy, started season eight of Buffy in comic book form. And then after he did season eight of Buffy, he did the Astonishing X Men, mm-hmm. and then he swapped over to Runaways. And so I ended up reading Runaways just to catch up because Joss Whedon was going to be writing it. Yeah. And then uh, turned out it was really really good. Yeah, it turns out it's a good story. The Who first, knew? First two years were great. So um, yeah, Brian K. Vaughn's the the writer on that is really really good. Uh, but they're making it a TV show. They are. They're making it a TV show on Hulu, and it's gonna. I mean, it's it's about a group of teenagers, so it's going to be a little bit of a lighter tone, and that's really all we know. There hasn't been a release date set yet, just there. And I think even that's a little bit of speculation. We know it's about teenagers, but you can have a dark tone and have teenagers. That's fair. <laughs> but I, it does seem like going Hulu is a 
is a decision to go lighter. It does seem like most of the Hulu content is lighter yeah, fare. And I, I think that might be part of it is that when you think Netflix and Marvel, you associate it with the darker tone of Daredevil and the Defenders. Sure, sure, sure. So I, I guess it's a, a little bit of a departure from that. And that's probably also why um, why Freeform took over Cloak and Dagger. Because, you know, that's a story about teenagers and that kind of belongs on a... On a uh, Something family oriented network, right? So, I can understand the the decision to do that. Sure, sure. Um, I hope they. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming this will all be in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, the only one that that I've seen recently that is like they say is very Legion. Clearly, is not MCU is Legion, which they're co-developing with Fox, and I really want that to be MCU. Like, bring it all in, bring everybody in, yeah. X Men. Fantastic Four. We got Spider Man already. Like, do it all, just all in the MCU. There's, there's a, so much speculation uh, bouncing around the internet. Nothing solid at all, but that the X Men might be coming back. But there's a lot of people wanting it and speculating about it. Yeah, I, it, I, I we, as we've said on this co- podcast for years, it all hinges on how this Spider Man deal goes. Yeah, I think that if the Spider Man deal makes the most money in the world, which it it will. The Spider Man movies are <laughs> already make yeah. the most money in the world. Like even when they're not that great and they're not part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But you put uh, Tony Stark in a Spider Man movie, it's just they're going to. He's going to make a cameo. It's going to be great. It's I, I we get we keep getting set photos. Like we there uh, there are going to be some. There's a promo poster. There's going to be set photos in the in the stream tonight. So like we keep seeing that. And it just makes me more excited for it because it just looks so good. Like all of the, all of the little things, like Spider Man walking down the street with a backpack on, like mm-hmm. just the best thing. <laughs> all of it's just so flavorful for what they're going for, and I love it. And I just, I'm so excited about this film. It's awesome. <clears throat> I like. I went. Uh, I took the lady and her kids to see Civil War this past weekend because they haven't seen it yet. It's oh, at, wow. It's at the Dollar Theater, so yeah. I was all like, Ballin'. easy win. <laughs> Great date, easy win. So I uh, we went to see that, and I was just so excited the whole time. And like when Spider-Man came on, like when it said Queens on the screen, I was just like dancing in my seat. I got so excited when I saw Queens at the screen. <laughs> I was so excited. But anyway... Uh, we need to move on to new stuff. You know what I was excited to see on the screen? The new Luke Cage trailer. Yeah, yeah. Man. Yeah, the new Luke Cage trailer looks awesome. It's it's like we finally understand his origin. It seems like uh, they're kind of departing from his volunteer uh, for the experiment kind of thing. Because when he was in prison, he oh, volunteered right. to be experimented in on. In the comics. And it seems like he's more of a, a reluctant experiment subject in the in this interpretation yeah of it. yeah it sounded like they they forced it on him basically yeah yeah and when he when that part was on the screen he uh he comes out of the tank with what looks like the tiara embracers from the original incarnations of the oh, cage from the 70s it's so cool i i uh I, I like that they're changing that little bit of the origin story if for no other reason because it goes well with his character that we've seen thus far yeah I feel like he's such a reluctant hero <laughs> so far. And it seems like even in the trailer, he's going to be a luck- reluctant hero at the beginning of this show. Um, he's, you know, I feel I mean, what he-, he says, all I want is to be left alone. Yeah. Like right at the beginning. And then what Pops says, but that would be a waste. Yeah, and I thought I can remember it was either on this, this trailer or in Jessica Jones. He says, 
All you do, all you do is put a target on your back. Yeah, that was in Jessica Jones. Yeah, it was episode four, no three, somewhere in there, three. <laughs> but this makes a lot more sense with his reluctant hero nature to for it to have been forced upon him for him to be so resistant to using his powers. Yeah, because how resistant he was almost made me feel like he was a bad guy. Like. He's not much of a hero, but if you take it that way where he's headed, these these powers were thrust upon him of no fault of his own. He was forced into it. I can see why you'd be resentful yeah. uh, to your powers. Yeah. So, I'll, Don't you I'll, force like this on me. I'm not going to use it. Yeah. But then, like, in the trailer, he, um, he, like, he kicks in. Well, in the first trailer, we heard the, the guy playing Cottonmouth. Um, he has a long name. His last name is Ali. Anyway. Cottonmouth uh, says, you know, you kicked down a few doors in the projects and now you're Harlem's hero. And he's like, I'm just getting started. So, like, he obviously has that turn to where he's going to, he feels like he has to fix the, the Oh, city, yeah. There's definitely which, something changes in him. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's part of his character in the comics is that he just, he loves his city and he wants to protect his town and, and make it better. And apparently, like, according to Chio Hodari Coker and the rest of the class, or, wow, class, class. the cast, right? the series is a love song to Harlem. And like he, you notice in the, in the trailers, there's, there's a big focus on the music that goes along with what's going on. And, um, he said, Chihodari Koker at one point has said that, uh, every episode is named after a Wu-Tang Clan song. Yeah. We, we talked about that last week, I think. Did uh, we? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and that's really, really a cool thing. It's, it's, it's just neat. It's got a lot of flavor to it, you know? Yeah. And they talk about, like we saw, um, <clears throat> we saw, forgot her name black mariah whoever is playing that okay <laughs> she was the lady in or yeah she was the the lady in civil war at the beginning when um yeah. when tony was at mit but she's not playing the same give character, them the picture apparently. i don't know she works for the state department okay yeah from, from i've heard on other places that she's not playing the same character but i don't It'd think that's weird. confirmed yeah but i think it might be the case which is stupid it makes me mad. Coordinate a little bit. Uh, TV and movies, come on. It'd be really weird if she didn't. Yeah. But I think Alfrey Woodard is her name. That's Jesus. It. I don't know why that took me so long. I was like, Simone Missick, Simone Missick, Simone Missick. I'm like, no, that's Misty Knight. <sighs> Who is featured in the comic we're going to be talking about? Yes, later. yes. It was good to see her. Anyway, um, so what's up next? We got, uh, reportedly there is casting going on for the part of Micro in the upcoming Punisher series. Okay, Marvel, I'll do it. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm glad you agreed to it. We settled, we settled it right here on the cast. <laughs> there we go. Uh, apparently, that character, like, that character starts off as his friend and, and his his tech guy and like you know his weapons master or whatever from the the battle van so to speak but eventually becomes his enemy like i don't know it's it's weird how they so they could start anywhere with that character sure. is what i mean so you know that could that could go a lot of places uh netflix has has posted a thing on uh on the the streaming or the the mobile streaming side that shows the punisher with a year of 2017 so that is interesting that might happen but it's I, I personally i would say it's unlikely yeah nathaniel muzzy has a has a pretty long uh, comment about that um oh he, does he, he wrote us and said uh, lots of talk about the punisher series coming in 2017 due to a screenshot 
I wouldn't hold my breath on that. First, remember that these shows take 10 to 12 months to shoot, and Marvel has traditionally given its movies at least a month of breathing room, other than episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, With three three movies and Star Wars, I think you can cross the summer and November slash December. Late March for Iron Fist, September will probably be the Defenders, and they're supposed to roll straight into filming Jessica Jones season two after they finished Defenders filming. Yep. Um, I could see them doing a January series now that Agent Carter is gone, but they'd need to be filming now. I think it's far more likely that Punisher is in 2018 or 2019. I would say they could likely do a late 2017 release. Yeah. Like, and late, late, late. A lot of the things... Uh, Nathaniel's pointing out there like Star Wars and it just it's getting to the point our nerd calendars are so full yeah <laughs> you gotta um, just because a Star Wars movie comes out in December you know that is that is still Disney though so yeah, I can see why they wouldn't want to keep people home watching yeah. uh, watching it so yeah it's 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 a valid point for sure um, but but I, my point is we do have so much content coming out for all the different things, with all the DCEU movies and all the MCU movies, all the Fox movies, um, Sony Sony movies, all the stuff coming out. It's just eventually that I, I don't know that they're going to be able to give everything a wide berth. Like, they're going to have to just go directly up against things. Yeah. Um, and, like, they don't seem very scared to do that, especially when you think about um, they put, uh, what was it, Daredevil this year, like, the week before BVS? Yeah. Like that was pretty direct competition, really, and uh, that maybe maybe they'll do something like that again, where they just don't worry about the fact that uh, it's coming out. I think that uh, just because they go directly into the filming of Jessica Jones doesn't mean they can't also be filming. Yeah, uh, I mean, there's going to be separate crews on it. Yeah, <laughs> it's not like it's one crew running around doing all of it. It'll probably expand what they're doing a lot, but. Uh, they could be just because Jessica Jones and Punisher aren't necessarily going to have the same characters in them even at all. So they yeah. could be completely separate productions. Yeah, there's rumor that um, the Punisher will show up in The Defenders. I mean, it's yes. not guaranteed, but that would be really cool. I I almost feel like they have to at this point. Punisher was so <laughs> yeah. beloved. He was. Yeah. He was. Oh, God. I just... Every time I think about the Punisher, I don't think about him on the rooftop, like, shooting people around Daredevil. I think of him walking down the cell block, beating the crap out of everybody in the prison, trying to get to that one guy. Such a beautiful scene. Oh, is it Seven Minutes in Heaven? Yeah, Seven Minutes in Heaven. Yeah. As soon as I saw the name of that that episode, I knew exactly what was going to happen in that episode. (laughs) I was like, he's going to... I know what the Punisher thinks of as Seven Minutes in Heaven. It's not the same as what we think. <laughs> and then just Vincent D'Onofrio's uh, interaction with him. Or the awesome. Kingpin. Totally awesome. With him, just the best. Not including them in the in the cinematic uh, side of things is going to be a problem. Like, That's a mistake. Just, they're just such good characters and such big characters from the comic books. Uh, yeah, that's that's one of the things is they're like they're such big parts of like the Spider-Man universe mm-hmm. and and like the Punisher came up as a pretty solid voice in Civil War. Like, yeah, it's all like there's so much that they can do as far as like integral storytelling 
and it's just they're they're shooting themselves in the foot by not crossing over so much. Yeah. Well, you know, it, 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 as we've talked about it, we talked about it at length, and I think we've got a couple comments about that uh, tonight, and so I'm sure we'll talk about it more tonight. Um, there are issues with trying to combine the the timing issues with trying to combine the movies and the television shows, and by the time everyone knew how beloved that season two of Daredevil Punisher was. Civil War had already been filmed, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like it's yeah. not like not like they could fix that now. And this isn't the same Civil War story. Yeah, it's not. But my point is, they are big characters in the comics that could have big impacts on the movies and could just sh- show up as a character. Like I'd just really like to see uh, those two particularly, Daredevil, Punisher, and uh, and Kingpin. I think need to be in the cinematic universe at some point. Well, I, yeah, I think that Luke Cage needs to lead a band of Secret Avengers. Which, you know, he did in the comics. Yeah. That'd be neat, except in this case, I'd we like kind of have... I'd love him to lead the Defenders and, like, bring them to fight Thanos. That would be great. After the Avengers fall, you know? Yeah. Like, let's go save the Avengers because they fell to this big guy who's going to, you know, conquer the universe. Yeah. They, I do feel like that they, they should be involved in that. And we when we know that uh, the writers of the uh, of Infinity War have these hundreds of characters on these boards. Yeah, they said that there were 67 characters that they were working with. That's hopefully the defenders are included in those that list. I mean, you kind of have to have them included. Yeah. Like if everybody has a name, if every character that they're working with has like a full first and last name, because there are some that are just, you know, like crewman number six. Right. Or whatever. But if everybody has a first and last name that they're talking about, that's that's big. That's that's a lot that has to come in. You've got to pull in the defenders. Maybe, yeah. You have to. I hope so. And the Warriors three. And <laughs> <laughs> like everybody's coming in. Uh speaking of Warriors Three, they're uh, they're apparently they're gonna show up in Thor Ragnarok where Mark Ruffalo has just wrapped his filming or filming his parts. Yeah. And um Which uh, I've heard he didn't do a ton of filming on this. Um I don't I don't know. I can't say either way. I wasn't there. Uh, I know I just heard that that uh, it was reported, in Australia. Uh it's been reported that uh his filming was fairly short, which makes sense because he's a mostly he's, CGI character. Yeah, if he's going to be mostly uh, Hulk throughout this movie, which it seems like maybe it's going to be more of a Hulk movie than a Banner movie, but I don't know. I, I'd really want to see Banner up in space, like as a scientist experiencing space for the first time. Like that sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah, that would be cool. Um, but there's uh, there's a possibility of a Quinjet that uh, that was seen. Like there was a set photo that was taken. Like way above the set, looking down on where there was what looked like it was a uh, Quinjet being constructed. So there's there's the chance that we could see the Quinjet that Banner was in. Yeah, that he flew away in in the end of Age of Ultron. I I have a feeling we might. I have a feeling we might. I mean, you kind of have to, because I mean, they ask in Civil War, "Do you know where Thor and Banner are right now?" And I'm like, "I do. I know where. (laughs) Kinda. Not here." They're in space. We will. We will know soon. Yeah. And uh, Tom Hiddleston posted a picture of himself uh, dressed up as Loki from the set of Thor Ragnarok, kind of just confirming that Loki's going to be in it. Which he he had to be. We knew he had to be because he was at the end of Thor, uh, Thor the Dark World, rather. He was taking the place of Odin. Like, he was disguised and, and ruling like he always wanted. 
Yeah, there's no way they can have, based on what's happened in Thor 1 and 2, there's no way they can have a Thor 3 without Loki. Yeah, I think Loki is going to be that character that just never goes away and, like, is at least a, a kind of a Thanos where he's just pulling strings in the background kind of thing all the time, yeah. always. He's never going to die. He can't die. People love him too much. Maybe, maybe. Well, Thanos, Thanos could kill him and be like a real call to action. <laughs> a weird, weird, oddly a call to action for Thor because his brother's been such a bastard, but, you know. He's still my brother. Yeah. <laughs> He's my brother and he is of Asgard. He killed 80 people in, what was it, two days. He's adopted. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so... um there's a little bit of casting news that uh, that's come up. Uh, Mallory Jansen, who was in Gallivant um, as the the female lead that got stolen away from Gallivant, like his love or whatever, um, she has been cast as Ada uh, for the season four of Shield of Agents of Shield. Uh, you may remember Ada being the artificial intelligence that um, Doctor Radcliffe was talking to and had made an LMD for. Like make her a, a body. She's gonna be that. I do remember that. And I, I'm. Uh, I was wondering if it was going to be someone we already knew, like like a, if it was going to be a double, since it's a life model decoy. Yeah. But in this case, he's just making one. Just making one. It's not yeah. really a decoy in this case. Yeah. <laughs> Guess you could use it that way. You could. Look over there. <laughs> What's that? What's that pretty lady? That's a. It's a robot. It's a. <laughs> The robot over there. Thank you, though, for <laughs> pointing that out. I was. Oh, well, you distracted. I hit you on the head. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why the hammer on the back of the head has to make yeah, that noise. Well, it sounded like. It's a spring hammer. The hammer to the back of the head gave you a boner. <laughs> Whoa. I mean, it was a pretty lady. That's beside <laughs> the point. <laughs> was it so... the lady or was it the bang on the head? We'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, too much. Um, <laughs> so in season four of Agents of Shield, there, you know, we've gotten confirmed that Ghost Rider is in it. It's going to be the Robbie Reyes Ghost Rider, who's going to be played by Gabriel Luna. I don't know if we if we mentioned that. <clears throat> He's going to be played by Gabriel Luna, but this is where I get into a little bit of speculation. There's potential that Ghost Rider could bring Mister Hyde back into the show. He's been gone for a season. He has. I don't see why they wouldn't bring him back. But in the comics, the people that gunned Robbie Reyes down, that shot him, uh, they were mercenaries trying to get the pills that turn Calvin Zabo into Mr. Hyde. Okay. They were in the back of the car that Robbie was driving that he didn't know about. So they were they were just kind of hidden in the back of that car, and <clears throat> the mercenaries were trying to get to it. They shot him, you know, gunned him down, whatever. And like that could work in Mister Hyde back into the show. Now that's interesting. Jed Whedon has said that they're gonna they're gonna put their own spin on the origin story, and he didn't say whether or not that they would actually have him in there but when uh, when told that you know fans wanted Kyle McLaughlin back in there he said we do too so cool put that in your mind as something that could happen put that in your mind and <laughs> smoke it you don't smoke things with your mind 
Okay. Uh, <laughs> there was uh, there was some talk from the Captain Marvel screenwriters as well about uh, reworking origin stories. Um, they're going to reinvent the Carol Danvers line, most or the origin story in the movie, mostly because it seems a lot like the Green Lantern story. Yeah, I read that. I read that. That's the, funny. <laughs> it's kind of a Hal Jordan ripoff almost, but mm-hmm. sort of not at the same time. Anyway, they're going to redo it to uh, to more line up with where they're going in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, I'm excited to see what they do because Captain Marvel is a is a really great big character in the in the Marvel Comics universe. She's, She's such a powerful character. Yeah, which I'm interested to see. They've done a little bit of a bad job, I feel like, so far with um, Scarlet Witch in that. She's so powerful, they don't know what to do with her. Yeah. But I mean, I feel like it's not clearly defined what all exactly, she can do. Exactly, exactly. And that's, I don't like that. I like a little bit of definition in my, uh, my characters. You like rules. I do. I think that it's important if you're going to deal in this fanciful world of uh, fantasy and sci fi and whatever, you've got to have rules that keep it grounded. You got to restrain yourself to certain rules. Yeah. It makes it feel more real. That's going to be hard for Doctor Strange to do. Absolutely. Which it sounds like they're doing mostly It seems like they're turning Doctor Strange more into a it's less it seems less about magic and more about just like interdimensional hopping and how that could seem like magic almost like <laughs> but we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what that's like. I have no idea. It's very soon though. Yeah, it comes out in November. I, I am pretty much slammed busy. Less with, than three months. With uh, with wedding season until October's over. And then as soon as October's over, it's like, uh, I'm going to be very excited to Man, s- settle in and reward myself for a, for a hard season of work. In five weeks, we get Luke Cage. Wow. Yeah. But before that, a week before that, we get season four of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., that's going to be such a crazy. This is going to be such a crazy month. You just don't understand for me. A week before that, Civil War drops on DVD. Nice. Yeah. I have uh, September thirtieth. Uh, Luke Cage drops. Yep. Big big deal for me, and we're, we're going to be doing this. I have a wedding that week on September thirtieth. I think it is. <laughs> But also on October 1st, I have another wedding. Nice. And then the next week, I have three private events, two weddings, and one fundraiser that are, like, really big. It's going to be a crazy week for me. Awesome. Also, the new set of Magic cards comes out. So probably just not, <laughs> probably just not going to get to work that into my schedule. <laughs> yeah, probably not. But I want to go to a pre-release. Pre-releases come out or happen, like, uh... It's not a month before. Oh, I think it's the week before. I think it's you may be right. Before. Yeah. Maybe the pre-release is September 30th. I have to look into that. I don't know. I don't know either, but I'm going to try I'm going to try to make it to a pre-release cuz you know. <laughs> I'm going to be in been uh, into that lately. I'm going to be in Atlanta for uh, Microsoft Ignite September 26th through the 30th. Nice. So, on the 30th when it happens, I'll be in Atlanta. I'll be coming back that night, but I'll be in Atlanta doing Right. You know, Microsoft learning stuff. We'll figure something out how to Skype in one, the first episode or whatever. Maybe I'll just go hang out with Charles. Oh, that's true. That's so funny. When the last ep- last season of Jessica Jones dropped, I was in Atlanta and I went over and worked with Charles McFall from the uh, from the Giant Size Team Up Network. Uh, and from so, the helicarrier. From and... the helicarrier. But yeah, that's super funny uh, that you might be going and you might go go do that show with him that day, and I'll be the one Skyping in. <laughs> 
Yeah. So that's fun. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> cool. Speaking of other podcasts, did you uh, did you hear that I was on another podcast? I did hear. Here recently. I did hear. T- tell us all about it. Man. Oh, man. We... Uh, we, being me and Joe Sanders, our listener Joe Sanders, he has a, he has a podcast called "Quote Unquote Guilty," where I um, I jumped on there because <clears throat> it's a podcast about guilty pleasures, and I went on there to talk about how I love Battlefield Earth. Interesting. It's I've never such, seen Battlefield Earth. It's such a bad movie when you don't turn your brain off. Mm, that's a yeah. He asked me to come on the show sometime, and I'm gonna have to figure out what my guilty pleasure movie is. Probably Indiana Jones. Oh, and the Crystal Skull? Yeah. Yeah, I don't feel that guilty, though. <laughs> you should, because it's not good. <laughs> also, I don't love it that much. Like, I feel like a guilty That's pleasure fair. has to be, like, high. It has to be more embarrassing and, like, more exciting to me. Uh, but so, uh, so yeah, so that, that episode's up now, right? Yeah, he, uh, he just released it. So everybody go check out Quote Unquote Guilty. It's on iTunes and Stitcher and all. I think most places we're on, so. Yeah. Quote Unquote Guilty. Quote Unquote Guilty. Anyway, the uh, the last real bit of uh, of news that I've got isn't really news so much as just we need to campaign for it. Edgar Wright has endorsed Anna Kendrick for the uh, the Squirrel Girl part, which there's not even talk of there being a movie for Squirrel Girl yet. Yeah. But uh, he tweeted, he said, In Scott Pilgrim, Superman, Captain America, Human Torch, Punisher, Captain Marvel, Lego Robin, and the Atom, get Anna Kendrick a Squirrel Girl film. Because, mm-hmm. you know, these people have been in... They were all in... The entire cast of Scott Pilgrim has been superheroes at this point, except right. for Anna Kendrick. <laughs> Almost, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but um, she's got a little bit of competition because Shannon Purser, who was in Stranger Things, recently released on Netflix. Played 11, right? Played 11, yeah. She wants it. I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm in support of her playing pretty much anything. She was great. I haven't seen all of it. I have. I'm sorry. 11's really good. Stranger Things. It's really good. Well, Eleven's the character. I know. Yeah, the show. The show is really good. Didn't you like jump in right at the end of it or something? Oh yeah, I think I said this a couple weeks ago, so I don't know. I want to retread too much, but I pressed play on Netflix, and I don't know how this happened because I'm the only one that uses this particular account on Netflix. Uh, this profile, it immediately jumped me to episode nine or something. I think there's only eight episodes, but still, toward the uh, end of whatever it. the the one of the final episodes, and it was. <laughs> It was a. It was literally a scene where they sat down and explained everything that was going on. Nice. And so it was like, so you've seen, you've been done this. I know exactly. I've solved the mystery. It's this, 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 and this. And they like detail what has happened. <laughs> and I'm like watching, it and I was like, this seems like a weird way to start a show. <laughs> and it got. And finally, I was like, this is not the beginning of the show. This is deep into it. And I like pushed the button, and sure enough, I was watching episode like eight or nine. So that was a bummer. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. <laughs> anyway, um, so check out the photo stream on this episode if you're uh, if you're into that sort of thing. We're yeah. gonna I'm gonna put in the Spider-Man promo poster we talked about, the set photos. Uh, Funko has released pictures of their upcoming Doctor Strange figurines, which you absolutely have to have. If you don't, and you don't think that you need them, you're wrong, and you're wrong for thinking that. Get them because yes. Um, I'm going to put the Luke Cage poster, all of that in the photo stream. Go look, go look, look at the things. 
So that's pretty much it for the news. Uh, there is a little bit of news feedback, though, if we want to go ahead and talk about that. Yeah, man. Omar Omali has said to us on Facebook about the uh, the Luke Cage trailer. He said, okay, I'm in. The street art Black Panther Party can be about the Black Panther's movement, but it might be talking about a certain feline-themed African hero. <laughs> I'm hoping Marvel takes the series in a hardcore black exploitation route, make it hip and heavy. Peace and love, guys. I'm not so certain about the black exploitation thing. I mean, that's the original character was very much that. Yeah. And so I think what they're trying to do is pay homage to the character without being black exploitation. <laughs> so that's so Yeah. Uh I, I see what he's saying. I to try to try to stay true to the character. And I think they're gonna do that. But I uh but I also think that um there's been a lot of talk on the internet about how Luke Cage is the hero that the world needs right now because of all of the um all of the the Black Lives Matters movement right. and the the death by by police that have been or the shooting deaths of black males right. by police that have been happening, and this is a hero that is literally bulletproof, like it's a black hero that's bulletproof. Yeah, so yeah, it's it's, it's there's definitely going to be some social commentary. Oh yeah, it's very politically aware. Yeah, or we hope it is. Uh, or it's socially de- like, aware. It definitely has political and social connotations that could be uh, exploited. Um, yeah, for sure. Anyway, so Jeffrey James said to us on Facebook, OMG, all caps, the Luke Cage official trailer, Rosario Dawson in multiple scenes, wonderful, so totally excited for this one. You know, Rosario Dawson being the connective tissue between all of these yeah. is great. I love that a non-hero character is the, thing, is the one that's between all of them connecting. I them. like it. I like it a lot. It just scares me. Why? <laughs> Because if she's the connected tissue... Oh, she's going to be our Coulson. If she's our tying it all together... What does he call himself in the in the extended features? The heart? The the glue or something the like glue, that. The glue, yeah. Yeah, he's like, I'm the glue. I'm the glue that holds it all together. While he's got a spear hanging out of his chest. Um, <laughs> so good. Um, but yeah, no, I am a little worried about that, being like that, that she's going to be the call to action in Defenders, uh, whether it be a death or just an injury, like... I'm a little worried about yeah. Rosario Dawson if she's if she's playing that role. If they stick to the path that was uh, laid b- before them by the Avengers, I mean, she was already a little bit of a call to action for Daredevil in uh, what season one, episode four, when she got sure. kidnapped. Oh, absolutely. But I, I just, just don't want that to be her thing. <laughs> yeah, I don't want that to be her thing either. She's too, too strong of a character for that. Um, also, if you you know, in in you, they had this movie where Coulson died and then came back on a TV show. But if you die on a Netflix show, where are they going to put her? <laughs> <laughs> she comes back on Hulu. webisodes, yeah, Hulu, Hulu. <laughs> <laughs> and then she's going to go to like some other streaming service, Amazon Prime. That's where. Oh you yeah. Go. yeah, 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 totally. yeah. That's where characters go to when they die. When they, oh. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> she, she went to live on a farm, <laughs> a farm called Amazon Prime. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, man. So Nathaniel Lussie said to us on Facebook. Talking about the uh, Ghost Rider origin, right? Yeah, yeah. Talking about how uh, it's going to give it its own spin, or they're going to give it its own spin. I haven't read any of the Robbie Reyes stuff. But from what I've heard, he isn't the straight-up spirit of vengeance, but possessed by an evil uncle or some such thing. <laughs> All I know is I don't want him inhuman. Mm. Yeah, I mean, they've told the inhuman story, and they've said that it's just going to be a magical-type thing, magical-type story. Man, they're going so heavy magic in the Marvel Cinematic Universe starting this year. Yeah. 
Well, uh, you got... Not only, I mean, they're just like really going all in on the magic. Yeah. Which I'm down. I'm down for the ride. They're hitting Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange, of course. Iron Fist in the Netflix realm. That's not magic, sir. Oh, is it not magic? No, it's chi. That's magic. It's not magic. Uh, <laughs> I just read a lot of comics, and I got the... I, yes, that he's using his chi, but that's magic. In the comics. He's anyway. not using his chi. He's using the chi of Shao Lao. Right, right. Shao Lao, rather. Right. A dragon. Very magical Very, creature. Exactly. <laughs> Very magical creature. My point exactly. <laughs> Thank you for conceding. Continue. <laughs> That's all the news feedback. <laughs> that's all. That's all the feedback about the news. There we go. We got a lot of other stuff. Um, we do feedback wise. We can cover. We're, we're gonna keep going with some feedback, and we're also uh, just a matter. Of, I, th- I think we said it before the the, the intro, but we're going to be covering the um, Mortal Iron Fist book tonight. The Immortal Iron Fist. Jeff made me read a comic book. Complete collection. It's so good, though. It is good. It is good. I, like I had a, a little lot. bit of a bad experience with the Ant-Man one. Not because it was bad. It was just so old. Dated. It's very dated. It's very dated. And it just... Something that I've noticed... Uh, and it was very long. This yeah. is a lot more streamlined. Uh, something that I noticed uh, that was a um, a bit of a, a difference between old comics and, and new comics, there's a lot of monologuing in old comics. Yeah. Like, there's walls of text. And then in new comics, they try to, to more mimic what Cinema happens cinematic. In, in cinematic yeah, places. So very like, much so. Especially even like have – the whole thing, the, the thing that kills me is when they have like the finishing the dialogue from a previous scene while they cut to the next scene. Yeah. That's super cinematic. Like, oh, yeah. It's like very, a very cinematic thing. And they, they did, did it a lot in this book. They try to do a lot of like uh, – a lot of eye um, descriptive – What's the word? I emoting, ocular emoting, <laughs> in comics. Okay. So like you see a character squint, but it's just a drawing. So right. like you have to imagine that. Oh yeah. Okay. From frame to frame, they squinted, and that yeah. means they dislike what's going on. Yeah, you have to pay attention to the 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 art a lot of times. Yeah, and it was good art too. Like it was. I like the difference. We'll talk about it later. Yeah, we'll get Sorry, we'll get into we'll it. We'll get to we'll that. Get into it. <laughs> Uh, Nathaniel Mussey said to us on Facebook, this might be a pretty good comic intro to modern Luke Cage. I haven't read all the books it covers, but I liked his new Avengers run for sure. Comes out on the 9th. I'm picking it up. He's talking about the Luke Cage Avenger yeah, um, so, book on Amazon Prime. Uh, so yeah, we you're right, Nathaniel. That does look good, and we are going to do that. So there's a trade paperback. It's on Amazon Prime. Just released. Just released. It came out uh, August 9th. Uh, it's called Luke Cage colon Avenger. And uh, it's uh, we're going to be covering it in two weeks from tonight. So if you guys hear this and you want to read that before we cover it, uh, grab the book uh, from Amazon, and uh, we'll be covering it next time on the cast. So yeah, yeah, more yeah. comics. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, just making me read more. <laughs> you need it. <laughs> uh, so Nathaniel Muzzy also said to us on Facebook, "Oh man, we're talking about." DC stuff. He said, I hated BVS, <laughs> but we'll say Suicide Squad is worth a watch. It isn't perfect, but I had a lot of fun. I know this is a Marvel page, but I think the hate went too far on this one. If you were on the fence, go. It's pretty fun. Cool. Yeah, I uh, I would agree with him. It is a fun movie. Um, I have my thoughts on... I, I, I mean, I'll go ahead and talk about it. I don't... 
uh, we, we had some pretty intense feedback this week about talking about DC on the show, or bashing DC on the show. Trashing DC. Which, I listened to our cast from last week, and we did make, just, it wasn't even so much trashing DC as just, like, making a lot of sideways jokes about DC. Um, and we might even talk about that feedback here in a minute, but um, my thoughts on... Uh, Suicide Squad, which uh, we, we got some more here from Jeffrey James down down the list. There's so there's some feedback from Jeffrey James about Suicide Squad as well. Um, my big thoughts were the biggest problems. It was better than BVS as a movie. I think. Okay. I don't know. They're they're, they're different. They're different for sure. They definitely made it. Way, it was way more fun than BVS. BVS was devoid of fun for me. That's fair for me. Just devoid of fun. Well, I mean, would you? When you make a a movie about villains, it's going to be fun, I would think. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's the whole anti-hero thing. It's like yeah. they're a little more carefree. There's less weight of the world on their shoulders and more just like, look at me. Look what I can do. I'm I'm a villain. I don't know. It, there's a lot more fun to watch a villain sometimes, yeah. um, which is why it's so appealing when the movies have a great villain because they're fun to watch. Yeah. Um, so I think this movie was more fun. But but the superheroes can be fun too. They don't have to be dour, as we can, as we've seen. You know, yeah, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, they don't have to be dour. Uh, the Ant Man was a lot of fun. Spider Man was a lot of fun in Civil War. Yeah, absolutely. The thing that they didn't fix, and this I think is just a problem of them trying to put the cart before the horse, is that in this movie they are okay. So the problem with BVS, the biggest problem for me is they're trying to make me. They're trying to tell a story about two two big characters that I have not been ta- told to care about yet. There's nothing in Man of Steel, really, or in BVS that make me want to care about either of the characters, and then they put them up against each other. Uh, and in this movie, it's the same problem, except instead of two characters, it's like eight. <laughs> and it's like, hey, here's eight characters. Care about all of them. Uh, the j- Marvel did it right. And they, they started with one movie at a time carrying where – here, you learn to care about Steve Rogers. Then you learn to care about Tony or Tony Stark, then Steve Rogers, then Banner, and that's not the right order, but I don't care. Uh, <laughs> then Thor. You learn to care about a character at a time, and then when they come together, the stakes are established because you already have affection for all of these characters. Um, you have and, – and then you have – and then the, the characters you don't already have affection for were the big complaints, like – Hawkeye was really shoehorned in that movie. Everyone hated how like he got short shrifted because you didn't care about him, you know. Yeah. Um, and so, so, so Marvel's not perfect at this. <laughs> Jeremy Renner hated that too. Yeah, for sure. Who wouldn't? Like, no, like he tried to get the character killed. Oh no! In the, like he would always act out just a random heart attack in every scene that he was in. He was just <laughs> like, "I'm trying to give you guys an out, uh, just in case you want to kill this character off." Oh no. That's funny. <laughs> I didn't know yep. that. Uh well the problem with the problem with Suicide Squad is it's the same issue. You start with too many characters that we don't know anything about and they try to give them all backstories and they try to pack it's just packing too much in one movie. Um and I and I'm not saying that like it's can't be done and I'm not even saying they did the worst job. Like it's it's a much better for me. It was much better for me than BVS or Man of Steel. Um, definitely more fun. The use of Batman was great. I loved Batman in it. Um, <laughs> the, the, I don't know. I, I, could, I, could, I could go on and on. But for the, ma- the main thing is I just think that DC is shooting themselves in the foot because they're trying to put the cart before the horse. They're trying to uh, have their big team-up movies 
before they ever make me care about any of the people in it. I did leave this movie caring about Deadshot. But okay. that's pretty much it. And some people will say uh, Margot Robbie's uh, Harley Quinn. I She's such a compelling character. Harley Quinn is such a compelling character in every format she's in. And this one was the least of those formats I've seen her. Like, I think I care. I did not care about her as much right. as I wanted to, as I really wanted to. I love that character. And um, just speaking about DC hate, I have no hate for DC. I just don't think so far they've done good movies. <laughs> and if you do, that's great. Well, they haven't done good live action movies. Their animated stuff is incredible. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I want these movies to be great, and that's why I care, and that's why I see them all, and that's why I want to, I'm okay talking about them because I care about these movies. I'm not a DC hater at all. Sometimes we have fun picking on DC on screen podcasts. I have more fun than you do. Yes, you like you really <laughs> like to pick on the DC on screen podcast slash DC. Um and and, and often our that's listeners just because I'm a troll. Yeah, yeah. you like to troll them and pick on them. Also, our listeners write in all the time about DC stuff. So there's like, we're going to cover some DC stuff. It's just going to happen. But uh, did did we read this Jeffrey James? I did not. Uh, Jeffrey James said on Facebook, It was sad listening to the DC on screen guys try to conjure up some enthusiasm for Suicide Squad. I was hoping it would be better, but it was truly awful. It was like a sequel to Taylor Swift's Bad Blood music (laughs) video, but not as interesting and with a less coherent plot. On a brighter note, here's a Thor question. Will the new Thor movie have Mangog in it? <laughs> no, it will not. That's, that's going to be one for you, Jeff. No. Uh, Nobody knows who Mangog is. No. It's, it's a neat art that, uh, that was posted in the comments on that. Like, It's a neat poster. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Oh, I forgot. We, I, I don't think we posted the second part of that, did we? No. Uh, no. Yeah, he uh, Jeffrey uh, had a... He was so compelled by that art that he made a poster out of it. When he was younger, yeah. And it's awesome. It's a really cool poster. I'll put it in I'll put it in the photo stream. Yeah. I'll make sure we should put his name on it or whatever. Yeah. Jeffrey James. Give me a signed copy of that, please, sir, so that I can <laughs> <laughs> so that I can add it to the photo stream. Yeah, it's a it's a really it's 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 a cool looking character. I would love for them I feel like the Thor movies lack a little bit of that like fun easter eggy stuff. Yeah. Cuz as 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 well, I mean, there expansive was the, as the universe is. There was the Stone Men of Saturn in the Thor the Dark World movie. Okay, I didn't catch that. Yeah. The the big rock guy that he like he breaks apart in the early fight. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's supposed to be reminiscent of the Stone Men of Saturn which are in the first like they're the villains or whatever, the bad guys of the first comic that Thor shows up in. Oh neat. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, like I don't know anything about Mangog, but it looks interesting and it would be really interesting to have like you know, whatever, they're in this like battle planet or whatever they're going to be on on in this movie and you happen to see like a Mangog in the background cheering or something that could easily be a thing like uh, Thor or Hulk could be fighting against him in the arena when you know when they first meet something I don't know anything about Mangog so I don't know what his character's like I I honestly don't either (laughs) (laughs) he was like is Mangog going to be in it I'm like I don't know who that is deep cuts deep cuts Jeffrey Deep cuts. Um, but I did not hate Suicide Squad as much as Jeffrey James did. Um, I still don't think it's as good as what Marvel's doing. But, I mean, I don't know. I will say it probably reached the level of some of the lesser Marvel movies, honestly. Like, some of the ones that aren't my favorite movies in the world, uh, it, it probably reached close to the level. Um, but still isn't... 
That just sounds so condescending. Like you're doing almost as good as what I like. I mean, they're they're just getting like I like I like them a lot though. I mean, like we're talking about the the whatever thirteen movies that are that I do a podcast about because I love them so much. Yeah. Um, and they're getting they're getting closer and closer, but I, I just feel like they're not making us invest in characters first. Yeah. They're wanting it to be flashy and interesting and dour and they're, they're trying they're trying real hard about everything except for just like making me care about a character who's like has values that's another thing like obviously this is this is suicide squad so i didn't expect this but like there's some interesting stuff in this movie that could have been done with good guys versus good versus evil versus bad versus good like there's the they're all bad guys, but they're not evil. Is is I heard the the directors or the producers talking about that. They're like the dichotomy of like bad guys versus evil guys. They do bad things, but they're not evil. Yeah, they're not truly evil. Um, and then you've got a character like Amanda Waller, who is like a a do whatever it takes person, and I don't know some of the things she does could be construed as evil in that movie, and. Some of the ways they treat the Suicide Squad. It's kind of like this Guantanamo Bay feel. Um, Did they implant the bombs in their heads? They do, just like the comics. That's real dirty. Yeah. That's real dark. And, uh, I don't want to spoil I don't want to spoil more, but yeah, they do. They they go they go with the bombs. Wow. Um they they that that's the Suicide Squad story and that's what they that's what they do. They implant bombs in their necks so that if they uh, stray too far, they can blow their heads off. That's crazy. Yep, pretty crazy, um, and 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 that's not the most evil thing Amanda Waller does in the movie. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, yeah. Full disclosure for everybody: I have not seen it yet. I plan to, but um, poverty has its limits. Yeah, it's good. You're you're good. You're doing a good job because I don't want to spoil it for the listeners who haven't seen it. Yeah. So you you being here is making me not spoil it for you. So <laughs> yeah, I'm that I'm that buffer. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I'm All your, right, I'm what, your limiter. What else we got on the feedback <clears throat> here? Oh, let's see. We got. Uh, do we want to talk about that? Um, <laughs> I only left this feedback in the feedback because I wanted to complain about the article. <laughs> okay. Pete Warrington said, "Hey guys, see below. Please discuss." Unfortunately, Lemmy from Motorhead is no longer with us. He would have been a been a been ideal it's an article about who would be the best ghostwriter if netflix made a ghostwriter series um and i think that that would have come up around the time when they were when there was a lot of rumor of like ghostwriter and uh moon knight and blade would be going to netflix but yeah they're not obviously yeah, not at least not as of now um <laughs> so so this is what i want to complain about he says this article Thank you for sending us the article. I'm not not complaining about you at all. The article is one of those articles. The first one is Norman Reedus. Uh, he could be a cool ghostwriter. I'm fine with that. But then it makes you click on the next page to see the next one, and then the <laughs> next one, and the next. It's one of those clickbait articles where it's like we want all the ad revenue, so click on 40 pages to see this article. I just want to say I did not read the rest of the article because I'm in complete protests of those type of articles. <laughs> so if you send the podcast articles like that, they will probably not get read by me. Jeff might. Jeff might. 
I, I sometimes do, but I've been very busy at work here lately. I it drives me nuts because they're like, "See what this celebrity looks like now," and I'm like, "Well, I I, I care enough to see what Topanga looks like now to click on <laughs> that was just, to click on this article." Uh, but then, but then, uh, go on. Sorry, Winnie from the Wonder Years. Yes, please. Um, <laughs> The girls I was in love with when I was eleven, absolutely. Tell me, tell, <laughs> tell me, me more. Like, tell me what they look like now. Um, Show me how poorly they've aged. <laughs> but because like, it's always Lindsay Lohan on the on the picture, <laughs> like her as a little kid, like oh these child stars, what do they look like now? And you're like, yeah, no. See, it's for me. It's like always like Topanga and Winnie from the Wonder Years. I don't know what that says about me. <laughs> I'd have, I can't say I've ever searched for those. I don't know where it gets their. I don't know where they're getting their information. <laughs> It's weird that you're getting information about things that I like without me actually having searched for it. Um, Get out of my head. <laughs> but when you click on those types of articles, it goes, here's, here's a celebrity, and here's what they look like now. Click the next page to see what the next one looks like. And you have to click. And sometimes it takes forever to load because they fill the page up with ads so they get all the ad revenue. And yep. so you have to click, click, click. It takes... And then if you're on your phone, then there's always like a full page phone ad that comes up. Yeah. And you have to hit the X wherever it is. And if you're trying to hit skip, but then the ad pops up in the middle while you're placing your finger on it, then you end up clicking on the ad and it redirects you to some ads page. Yeah. I am in full just protest. Turn my phone off at that point. <laughs> <If> they, <laughs> I just throw it in the toilet. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. I just wanted to comment on how bad those, those types of articles are. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> Sorry. Don't do that again. <laughs> that, like uh, CBR, where I get a lot of my news from, um, they have some articles that are like that. But most of the time, they've got a link on it that says "view full article in one page." Yeah, which and is I'm great. Like, Give me that's that. A, that's a great thing. There's actually one of those about the um, what you need to know about the Runaways before they you know become a TV series. Oh, nice. So I was like, oh, neat. I'm going to read this because I only read like one issue of The Runaways. So I'm going to do that and then go read the rest of it. And then, you know, I'll be caught up. I actually have all the trade paperbacks of Runaways. You do? I do. So huh. so at we, least the first whatever. Yo, dog, let me get that. No, yeah, wait. You got that, yo. We have, to, we have to read Luke Cage. Yeah, we got Luke Cage this coming weeks. But uh, yeah. And then. Oh, by the way, thank really you wanna... to Nathaniel Muzzy. Nathaniel Muzzy had a. Uh, had a mishap in the uh, in the shipping and, and ended up getting a second copy of this Luke Cage book, and he offered to send it to us. And I just want to say thank you very much. We will absolutely gladly accept any comic books that you want to donate for us to read. <laughs> Not even to talk about it, just to read. Yeah, I mean, I'll talk about it too, but... I'm gonna read the shit. Honestly, out of it. or video games to play, yeah. or or <laughs> food or, to eat, really really good magic cards, or money to spend. <laughs> I will, I will purchase Funko Pops and review them if you buy them for me. You mean <laughs> if you spend, the, you will you review send me them the money. If others purchase them. <laughs> you know, whatever. I will <laughs> talk about how great it looks on my desk. I'll send you a picture. <laughs> I'll post a picture on the internet. You know what? I'll send a picture of my face next to it, smiling because of how great it is. This doesn't really seem like really great value. This for is them, not for man. them. I mean, we should put this as like, um, what is it? Like the Patreon rewards or, <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, if we ever start a Patreon, 
Yeah. <laughs> just, just be a picture of me smiling next to my new bobblehead. <laughs> this is the greatest. Get a personalized picture with Jeff smiling with his bobblehead that he bought with the Patreon money you sent. Yes. Uh, That's clearly the best thing to do. Absolutely. Not like microphones and, <laughs> and headphones, but just more Funko Pop bobbleheads. Yeah, functioning microphone stands that don't have your wallet hanging off of one of them. It's a counterweight. It's a counterweight. <laughs> it's a counterweight with all of your business cards. <laughs> it's a great counterweight. Oh, man. Those are credit cards. I'm really in debt. Uh, I was joking. Good stuff. All right, <laughs> let's roll on. So Daniel commented on uh, on our last, or yeah, on our last podcast. <clears throat> he, uh, he said, "Hey, Matt and Jeff, this podcast is amazing." Thank like, you, Daniel. I know, right? That's why we talk about it. Anyway, I'm so glad <laughs> I found it. I am too. Like shoop shoop da whoop whoop. Yeah, I, hate I like you, it. Matt. I like it. That. Someone someone made Jeff say something funny. I hope that sounds funny when you read it. <laughs> Parenthetical. I've only been listening to your podcast for a few months, but loving it so far. My question is, have you ever discussed the MCU tie-in comics that are technically part of the MCU? I'm not talking about adaptations of the movies, but separate stories that are supposed to take place in the MCU. And then he links a list of them. Uh, they showcase villains that are never mentioned in the movies, like the Melter in Iron Man, The Coming of the Melter. If you have discussed these before, then can you direct me to which podcast episode that was? Keep up the good work, guys. Peace out. We actually have not talked about those. No, we have discussed that they exist, but we have not discussed them on the cast. We haven't read them. Uh, if you want to send them to us, you can send them to us. I even we'll bought them. the Ant-Man prelude comic. You did? I did. It because I especially thought it was neat because it had a uh, Peggy Carter in it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which I think sounds awesome. Yeah. And I am just so bad about reading things that I bought it. And I was like, we'll talk about this on the cast. It's still sitting in the same spot on my desk that it was two years ago whenever I bought it. Because <laughs> I'm just bad at life. Uh, that would have been a year ago. Oh, okay. Well, it's not so bad. <laughs> it's still really bad. <sighs> but uh, yeah, no, uh, that's a great call. We should do those. Um, and. We'll try to keep up with them a little more. I, yeah, there's a there's a Doctor Strange one that's coming out like right now, like it's currently running. That's the the tie in to how Doctor Strange fits into the MCU, or like ooh. intro to Doctor Strange kind of. And I'm really excited about it because Doctor Strange is so cool. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm totally. I, I I would. We 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 should try to check that out before. Maybe we'll review the entirety of the storyline before we go see the movie. That's what I want to do. Let's do it. Yeah. yeah. Because we'll, we'll have time. I'm sure there'll be an off week of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. somewhere in there. Maybe. Even if not, we can do an extra sode. <gasps> I love extra sodes. Yeah. <laughs> and our listeners do, too. Anyway, um, so let's see. Sherman Smith said to us on Facebook, if Marvel TV and Marvel movies shared scripts, wouldn't that alleviate some of the timing problems? I think they do share scripts for the most parts. I don't know. It doesn't seem like it. Um, and I, I think it, it alleviates it to some degree. I just think that um, so, like that's what they did with with uh, Captain or Captain America: Winter Soldier. Um, I think that's exactly what they did. They gave them that script before they started the show, and, and they, they were said, like, "You got to wait for this." Yeah, and they said this is happening then at this point. So you, uh, if you're going to have a Shield show, you're going to have to tailor yourself around it, and then they did. And it ended up kind of 
It really didn't play. It play well. See, it's such a strange thing. The event itself was amazing. Exactly. The lead up to it, or lack thereof, did not. Yes, and that's the problem. That is the problem with this whole thing. It's like I, I don't know how to feel. Ever since uh, Jeff Loeb came out and said that, I was like, now that makes sense to me, and now I don't know how to feel because I definitely want more tie-ins. But I also don't want the same problems with yeah. that they had with first. You wanted us to tie it in, but then it was bad, and now you want us like. You can't have this and just uh. you can't handle the truth. Yeah, yeah. So it's tricky. Uh, it, it, so so I think they do share scripts. Um, at least before they finish writing the TV shows, I think that the I don't think the movies care what the TV's doing. Yeah, <laughs> really. Uh, I think they make their movie, which I don't really want them to have to worry I mean, about every episode that's happened. Yeah, the movies are the driving force of the of the universe. Absolutely, so. they're the keystone things that happen, and the shows happen kind of in between those, and that's fine. That's yeah. a fine way to set it up. But I just wish that they would. I wish they could do it and do it well. Yeah. But I mean, honestly, that's been the problem with old comics for years. Sometimes the tie-ins are bad, and sometimes the tie-ins. Cause you to have to watch every, or you know, that's that's why comics. That's one of the major reasons comics fell apart. I think is and and went down in uh, readership is because they had too many tie-ins, yeah, and it was too hard to follow what was going on because of this. You can't read this comic book because you have to read these other fifty comic books before this one, um, and so sometimes it's yeah. really hard to follow, and so they don't want that situation to happen on on the movie TV side, and I get that. But I think there's some clever ways to do that. I think that what they did with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is perfect. What they At the time with Winter Soldier was great. It's just don't make... Everything before it was not great. It was a little boring. It was a yeah. little slow. And I mean, they were treading water. <clears throat> and I feel like they could have done that differently. Yeah. Um, maybe try again. <laughs> let's give it one more go and let's see what happens. Yeah. Because these other tie-ins have been lackluster at best. Yeah. Like, I guess I guess I would prefer to have a lackluster tie-in and a better show. Yeah. Although when I think about how good Agents of Shield is, I'm still thinking about how great that tie-in was. Like that that tie-in is what made the show good for me. Yeah. Brought it around. So yeah, it's like I don't know how to feel. I don't know how to feel. I'm all <laughs> conflicted. <laughs> you got me going back and forth. I just don't know. Um, so we got uh, we got some voicemails, right? We do have some voicemails. Um, the first one's about uh, Daredevil here, I think. So it, it's not really a spoiler, just a small mention of a Daredevil element. But yeah, here's um, that voicemail. So I was just thinking about the Stiltman costume that was in Daredevil. And how would it work? Because the the part of the costume where your feet are would stay the same and the part where your hips are would you know be elongated way up so the person inside the suit their their legs would have to extend you know their feet would have to go really far away from their torso which would be impossible so the suit wouldn't work i know the mcu has kind of played fast and loose with this kind of stuff like the iron man costume which is you know, custom made for one person. It's like super tight. And in Iron Man 3, you know, a whole bunch of people with various body types, including an extremely slender woman, uh, fit into the exact same costume. But still, with Stiltman, there's no way that would work. Hmm. I I had I didn't know that that was in the uh, Daredevil. We missed that Easter egg. 
Yeah, we did. Uh, but I, <laughs> but I, but I see it now. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know what that would have to do for Stiltman. Um, I guess it just depends on if his feet are actually at the bottom of that the the legs. I think that his feet would probably have to be up higher. <laughs> yeah, it looks like a, a telescopic foot kind of thing, and I honestly have no idea how that would work. <laughs> yeah, I think it's I, th- I don't I don't think we're ever going to see Stiltman in those stilts. <laughs> I don't know, man. His legs were broken. It's true. It's or true. Messed up. Maybe, maybe that's the thing. Maybe he doesn't have feet anymore. <laughs> He's just got robot legs now. Yeah. Could just have robot legs, or you know, or, or feet that have been like busted up to the point they're not no longer pointed out. You know, he just like they can slide up and down as as they like. <laughs> uh, yeah, that sounds gross. I'm sorry I brought that's it up. Painful. Sorry I brought it up. You should be sorry for partying. <laughs> uh. Well, thanks for that. <laughs> yeah, thanks for that. And then uh, we have one other voicemail. We do. Uh, we do, we do. Uh, I think it's another Suicide Squad comment. Uh-oh. I just saw the Suicide Squad. This is spoiler-free. But let's finally put to rest this notion that DC has better villains. Villain in that movie was Lane. Marvel now has the better everything. <laughs> Ouch. Uh, we agree with you. Um, Shots I, fired. Uh, they... <sighs> I I, th- I think I still think that DC the the idea of DC having better villains I think comes from the comics. Yeah. Uh DC has better it comes from Batman's Rogues Gallery. Yeah, exactly. Uh I mean even Superman's uh villains aren't bad. Um Lex Luthor's a great villain. Uh Brainiac's a great villain. Mixelplick. Um uh, okay. Maybe 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 not that. Maybe not Mixelplick. Try again. <laughs> um but the Hulk is a great I mean Doomsday is a great villain. <laughs> but I think uh they they did they, they aren't hitting it out of the park, that's for sure. And uh this is a slight spoiler for uh I guess I won't even spoil this. The villain the the the, the person they make out to be the villain of Suicide Squad is is a shitty villain like the the way it is handled is not great okay it's not great at all i won't even say who it is because i don't want to spoil yeah i don't i don't want to spoil who the villain is but uh it it is it is not it is not handled well (laughs) it is not handled well there's there's a lot of the a lot of the problems people have had with (laughs) it's just it's bonkers to me some of the things they do are some of the things that are really highly critically panned when Marvel does them. Uh, like one of the biggest problems with Marvel villains that people have is that when the villains, there's just a bunch of faceless, nameless, like automaton villains running at them just so that the heroes have... The aliens, the dark elves, the... I'm sorry, the Chitauri, the dark elves, the... You know, any of the Ultron bots. Ultron bots, exactly. Yeah. Just a bunch of things to shoot at. Yeah. Uh, all of the robots in Iron Man 2, I think it was. Mm. Uh, it's just, and it's, it there makes. There were drones, too. So yeah. like, there weren't even people in there. It can make for a fun scene, but it also, there is almost never stakes because you know the hero is not going to die to a whatever, like a nameless, faceless thing. They're not going to let them die that way. <laughs> and so you're not scared. You're never worried for... And yeah. there's a large portion of Suicide Squad that has that sort of a setup where you basically have the putties from Power Rangers uh, attacking and then you just don't... You never feel any fear or worry for the characters. Mm-hmm. Just you just, And you never get a good strong sense of dread at all. Yeah. 
Um, and then the actual big bad is, is also not handled very well. Um, there's a couple great, couple great moments, but overall, not great. But I won't say more. I won't say more spoilery. Hydragoons. <laughs> yeah. Hydra- I feel like there's not that many situations where they're hydragoons, and I think that's just because they're humans. And you don't want to see... Yeah, and and when they do, they have their faces completely covered, which is in the comics too. Yeah. You just don't want to see your heroes killing humans. It's, yeah, it's like a, it's a thing. Yeah, the hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, the hand is a great another great uh, example of that. <laughs> uh, cover them from head to toe in red. <laughs> that way, you can literally put anybody in there. Yeah, just just my nameless, faceless enemies. Just run at me. Except for one, he's got scars on his face. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I think that's all our feedback, right? Yep, that is all of our feedback. We uh, don't have any from anything. Holy crap. We're caught yeah, up. We're caught up. We did that last week. Aren't you excited? Yeah, oh. I am. I'm a little worried, though. No, I feel I feel I'm scared. Relieved. Should we not talk about stuff and just put it in the document to no, hold no. on to? Whenever I have things to do, like things that I haven't done yet, yeah. whatever it is, something to edit, something to – I just cannot relax. <laughs> and so having as much feedback as we had in the doc there for a few months where we just couldn't keep like, catch up, it was, it was stressing me out. You know, I feel we're, the same way when I have schoolwork to do. Like I can't do anything fun until the schoolwork is caught up yeah. and done. Yeah, absolutely. And then if I don't feel like doing the schoolwork a lot of times, it'll just be like I, I know in the back of my mind that I have schoolwork to do, but I don't really feel like doing it. Mm-hmm. And I can't bring myself to do anything fun because I feel guilty for having the schoolwork to do, but I just end up doing nothing. Or like sitting on the couch playing a puzzle game on my phone. Yeah. I See, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. I won't do anything fun, like legit fun. Yeah. <laughs> or like I don't do anything productive fun, if that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> like the kind of fun that are things that I actually am passionate about, like uh, like writing songs or yeah. uh, things that are good for me but also fun, or even going hiking or exercising. Like I'll just feel – but I will just sit and play a phone game just because I'm like, I have to turn my mind off. <laughs> yeah. I have to stop thinking about this. I have to stop thinking about all the stressors in my life. Um, Instead of just handling it. Yeah, yeah. I've started doing my entire life by a uh, to-do list. Yeah. I'm constantly. And that way, whenever something's on my mind and I'm, it's stressing me out, I put it on my to-do list. And then the next morning, I sit down in my little to-do list time and I just try to knock everything off my list yeah. all at once. That way, I'm, I kind of constrain that, all those stressors to one moment of the day. And that's, that's been working for me. It really yeah. has. Like 10 a.m., I just sit down and I'm like, all right, let's see how many of these things I can take off my list today. Read the comic book. That was on my list. Yeah. <laughs> Um, that was on my list this week. Uh, okay, so we're going to do our little station identification here. <laughs> and then we're going to talk about some Immortal Iron Fist comics. So uh, if you're if you're not wanting to stick around for that, we thank you for joining us. We'll be back in two weeks with some, uh, some sure, some more news and some feedback. And also... We'll Luke Cage Avenger. Luke Cage Avenger, the comic uh, book, uh, the... the, the 
trade paperback. I'm trying to think of the word. The trade paperback uh, of of Luke Cage Avenger that just came out. So everybody check that out if you want to come join us next week. Uh, but we are the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast in partnership with 45 Magazine and a proud member of the Giant Size Team Up Network. If you want to find us, reach out to us at mcucast.com, at mcucast on Twitter, facebook.com slash mcucast, mcucast at gmail.com, or you can call us and leave a voicemail like you heard a couple of just a few moments ago at 573-CAST-MCU. Um, you can subscribe on iTunes, leave reviews. That really helps us out. And if you want to see a similar hear a similar podcast about the uh, DC properties, um, we talk about them, but they talk about them in, uh, in much more detail and uh, normally in more of a positive light. Uh, <laughs> so check out the DC On Screen podcast. Uh, there's some good friends of ours. Um, so go check them out and listen to all that. It's good stuff. Literally, actually friends of ours. Yes. Yes, they are. Um, so, uh, yeah. Oh, y- y- speaking of DC stuff that's making me mad. Uh-oh. <laughs> Not to do that again. It's a good start. But, uh, so, I wanted to pl- I love the Arkham series of video games. Oh, yeah, they're the best. They're amazing. They are so good. So I have had every one of them. I've played every one of them, almost 100% on every one of them. I think a couple of them I didn't finish all the Riddler stuff. But yeah. The, the, the just, there's so much. Origins, I didn't finish the Riddler stuff. And the most recent one, I haven't finished the Riddler stuff yet. But Arkham, uh, Arkham City and Arkham uh, Asylum, I finished to 100% completion. <laughs> like every yeah. Riddler thing, it was a lot. And I did all of it. Love it. So when Arkham Knight came out... I wanted to play it, of course, but it was only on the new generation systems. I don't play that many video games, but I bought a $400 system <laughs> just to play Arkham Knight. And I'm not exaggerating. That nice. is why I bought that system. I got my PS4 um, because Destiny was coming out, and I was really excited about yeah. Destiny. So I got the like the, the Glacier White Super Special Edition of yeah. it. I don't even play Destiny anymore, but I got Arkham Knight. Right, yeah. Well, see, that, that was Arkham Knight for me. So I bought a, I bought a system just for that. Yeah. And they just released... They're going to have Arkham VR coming out. Oh, sir. Which sounds amazing. I don't know how extensive it is. I got to do more research. I just heard about it. Uh, it's actually coming out in October, which is super soon. Yeah. Uh, but it's Arkham VR. So you have to buy the $300 VR headset to play it. <laughs> They're getting Matt's money again. Oh, my gosh. I literally haven't played anything else on my PS4. So I spent. Four hundred, almost five hundred dollars on one game, and now I'm probably going to end up spending another four hundred on their next Arkham game. Well, I mean, if they keep coming out, eventually you'll be spending like fifty bucks. Yeah, but they won't. That's my point. They put out <laughs> one game, and now they're putting out another game. It's going to require me to buy another three hundred dollar item. That's what I'm saying. Like it's it's scaling down each time, though. No, no, no. <laughs> it's just going to be the the next one's going to be on PS5, and I'm going to be really mad. <laughs> okay. Okay. So it's okay. Immortal Iron Fist. Immortal Iron Fist. The complete collection. The complete collection. Thoughts? I love it. I love it so much because, like, it's it's every this. I'm sorry. I'm getting so excited that I'm mixing up all of my words. This series of comics, the way that they've compiled it, is basically exactly what I'm expecting out of the series or out of the Netflix series because hmm. there's. I mean, it's not going to be Hydragoons, obviously. I expect I it to think. be. I don't think so either, and I expect it to be a lot more New York based. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, this 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 movie, he spends very. Or this movie, this uh, this comic, he spends very little time in uh, in New York. In New York, uh, which you know, 
if they continue the trend, I think this will be. I think this 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 Netflix series is going to be him coming back from his uh, whatever adventures in Kunlun and his training or whatever, and returning to the world. I don't think it was an adventure. I mean, his parents died and kind of left him there. Well, and he stayed for years and years training and learning kung fu. I call that an adventure. I mean, he just he got adopted by the city. Like, yeah. He said in the comic, you know, like this is my home. Like sure. I don't, as much as much as I own in New York and you know have houses there, like. This is my home. Yeah. So, like, oh, man. When uh, when it starts off, you know, with him fighting a bunch of Hydra thugs, and he gets, like, he gets put up against a big machine, like, I really want to see, like, that happen, but with the hand. Like, I want him to be fighting hand villains or, or something like that. Or even, it could even be Hydra. It could even be Hydra baddies that, yeah. you know, are... Trying to take over his company. I doubt they'll go with the big robot spider, though. No, probably not the big robot spider. <laughs> it's probably just going to be the hand. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they could still do the slashing. Anyway, um, having him... <clears throat> sorry. He, there's... there's Harold Meacham is going to be in the um, in the, the Netflix series, and he is a you know, rival businessman trying to take over his company. He's the reason his father died, basically. Yeah. So, like, I see there being that corporate takeover aspect going on, which was very much prevalent in uh, in the comic. Yeah, it was. And the, this, really all I, all I read with, with this comic was it was serving to put Iron Fist in the world uh, of the Marvel comics in the time of Civil War and just kind of show us, like, what he has to deal with, but also what he has to deal with as far as, like, you know, following the accords or or you know the was it the Superhuman Registration Act, and and dealing with that in a way like there are supporters and there are people who are against it, and you know there you got to play that field as that geopolitical landscape almost. Yeah, I wonder how much that's going to factor in. Um, Daredevil season two was before Civil War. Yes, um, I wonder how much the Sokovia Accords are going to trickle down. To, to impact these shows. I mean, we know it affected S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, we'll find out in yeah. Luke Cage. Yeah, we will. I mean, Luke Cage in the comics uh, that we just read like was talking about bringing in his uh, his team. So he had a team of Secret Avengers. And so you've got <clears throat> you've got these people that are the heroes for hire that are that are registered and and they're hunting down people who are not registered like uh, Misty Knight and Colleen Wing, they're yeah. they're in it, but they're friends with him. So They've got their own motives and and agendas that they're they're trying to push. They want to help him, but they also don't want to go against the the act. So like, you've got to deal with all of that. And I feel like in the series, in the Netflix series, we're definitely going to get to see that. Hopefully, at least. Yeah, I wonder how much they'll go into the backstory of a, a lot of this uh, comic was about the fact that there are lots of iron fists over the course of history. Yeah, and, and there it, are other living weapons from the other mystical cities yeah and i'm assuming they'll at least touch on that but i wonder how deep they'll go kind of like in daredevil um in season one you know the hand you know this these ninjas exist but you don't or do you know a ninja exists with red in red like that in season yeah. one that's all you know no yeah. this guy there's a guy named nobu that's all you know but in season two they're like oh it's the hand and He's it's this, part of this. the hand I want, because uh the immortal weapons and all of that is such a strong part of his character, 
his creation as a character and the and the dragon that he has to fight to become Iron Fist and all that stuff. Yeah. I wonder sure, wow. how much they will go into that. Um, or if because it's they want to modernize it or make it palatable for TV, they'll just be like, yeah, he got his... Uh, yeah. He punched the wall a lot. He got his powers. <laughs> we'll talk about that later once you're addicted to this show. Right. We don't want to scare people off with him fighting dragons. Yeah, I think a lot of that's going to be flashbacks because that... That's all you see in this comic as far as that is just flashbacks of like, when I did this thing. Yeah, this comic is all over the place with the time period. It really periods. is. It jumps around to just to show you. It's it's more about who is Iron Fist as a concept. And not yeah, just, as a not mantle. Just, yeah, not just who is Danny Rand. Right. It made me feel like I was uh, – it was really good. It was, made me feel like I was – Watching a like Highlander movie or something, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, just the way the way that like, yep. J- and they they make a strong connection between uh, the previous Iron Fist and this Iron Fist and his father and and Danny Rand's Orson father. Randall. Yeah. Um. If it, when we can, I mean, we're talking about this, and I'm assuming some of you guys haven't read the comics, so the storyline goes something like this. Um. At some point, uh, there was another Iron Fist who left Kunlun, he refused to fight in the tournaments that that the um the I guess the the monarchs of the seven cities were were were, were forcing him to fight in. He refused. They chased him to the ends of the earth, but he basically lived as like a I don't know, it seemed like a weird uh, floating pirate who like had a group of super friends who they ran around, <laughs> uh, ran around just on adventures. It almost reminded me of like League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. I was literally just about yeah, to mention them. Very much so. Very yep. much so. Um, and so they're like on this floating airship and doing all this crazy stuff. And Iron Fist is kind of their leader. Um, and he eventually encounters a young uh, Wendell Rand and tr- trains him as a fighter. Wendell Rand, who is Danny Rand's eventual father. Yep. Uh, and and Wendell Rand goes to Kunlun and trains to be uh, trains to be Iron Fist basically, uh, but he is he and he wins the right to be Iron Fist, but he turns it down well, as well. He he wins the right to face the dragon so that he could yes. possibly be Iron Fist, and then he turn he 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 becomes scared basically. He, yeah, that he won't be able to t- defeat the dragon. He he realizes that he doesn't believe it's his destiny. And so he walks away from fighting the dragon. Yep. Um, whether you want to call it cowardice or whether you want to call it insight, I'm not sure. Uh, but he walks away from the fighting the dragon. Well, he did have all of that talk. You know, you'll never be Iron Fist. And then when he leaves and he goes back to find Orson Randall. Yeah. Uh, he he learns from him, like, I, I told you that you weren't going to be the Iron Fist because we can see, like, we know. We know our own. We know our own. Like, we can see it in each other. And you don't have it, but your son is going to be. That's really strange that he knew that. I, 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 when that, that, that that line struck me as really odd. Yeah. <laughs> but he, he tells him that his son will be. And he also, uh, Wendell says that he's eventually going to come back. He tells his master that he'll eventually come back. And, 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 and so I'm assuming that that's probably when they had the accident that caused his death. And then his son, yep. who is Danny Rand... Is see, I, like, I knew that this 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 th- story was about a mother and father dying and leaving their son. Um, I did not know in the comics that it had so much backstory with his father having gone through the Iron Fist training and everything before. Yep. Um, and so, and that's I mean that's how the Steel Serpent came about. 
is, you know, he was um, Wendell Wren's, I guess, friend, partner, sparring yeah. partner. Um, and Wendell beat him in the tournament. And so he always resented him for that and wanted to be the Iron Fist, but he couldn't be the Iron Fist because he wasn't worthy. Mm-hmm. So he became Steel Serpent. And yeah. then in the comic that we read, he uh, he got you know patronage from one of the other ones and became the Steel Phoenix from the Crane Mother. Yeah. That's who it was. And then the story, uh, basically Danny Rand then uh, following in his father's footsteps sort of trains trains in Kunlun again to become the Iron Fist and does, and he becomes the Iron Fist and returns to New York with his uh, family's vast riches that are somehow tied to uh, to the riches of Kunlun. Yep. Um, through through Orson Randall's. Orson Randall's father, Phineas Randall. Yeah. It's really, <laughs> they packed a lot of lineage and stuff into this book, which I just didn't expect as much of. Yeah. But it's cool. It was really cool, though. Really, really cool. It made me uh, really feel like the Iron Fist legacy had a depth to it. Yeah. And I don't, I just wonder There's more how, to it than just him being Iron Fist. Yeah. I wonder how much of that they're going to go into in the, in the, in the, in this series. I don't know. And I don't like, I don't know like how they're going to go with the bad guy and, and like what villain or antagonist there is going to be. And if there's going to be the overarching or whatever, if they're, if we're going to see him go to Kunlun and go to that city and, be trained or is it going to be more of like he's a mysterious character coming out of this mysterious place? Like, yeah. I think we're going to definitely see some training. I don't know if we're going to see him fight a dragon. I really want to. I want that though. Yeah. I have a feeling if it, if we do, it's going to be like some sort of like spiritual dragon or, you know, it's going to be like, in his mind's eye. Yeah. Something like that. Uh, but I, yeah, it would be so lame. I mean, iron fist is coming out after Dr. Strange. Sure. So, it would be really easy with Doctor Strange coming out for them to be like, it's magical because magic can happen in this world. Because we showed you with Doctor Strange that magic can happen in this world. Let's hope that works. Yeah. Because, <laughs> I mean, I feel like they have a, they're, 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 they're batting a thousand. With the way they did Guardians of the Galaxy, it's like such a far out there thing with a talking yeah. raccoon and a fighting tree and all this stuff. Um but to take to go from that, uh, that was like an experiment, and everyone was like, "This is going to fail," and it did really well. Yeah, it succeeded quite succeeded well. Succeeded very well. Um, but with with this, it's like a, they're going a whole new direction with it, and they're doing it all at once on everything they are doing. <laughs> like they're going. Yeah. We talked about it earlier, they're but going all in on magic. Agents of Shield, Netflix, and the movies are all going magic at like in within a couple of months of each other. Yeah. Where and at this point, nothing has gone magic so far. <laughs> And our scientists on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. have very strongly said magic doesn't exist. Well, I mean, in Thor, they kind of address, like, you call right. it you call it science, your ancestors call it magic. Yeah. And they didn't really address that there was science involved. Like, they tried to. They tried to have Natalie Portman uh, as Jane Foster kind of... Oh, they definitely give the sense like, in Thor... That science, that the, all of the magics you're seeing are just science that we don't understand. We don't understand. Yeah, which is which is fine, and maybe that's where they'll go with all of this magic. But it just seems like they're seems like they're going, especially if they go with like the spirit of vengeance and like yeah, they're just going so far into it. It's like really, 
Is that, is that science? Is that science? Because it doesn't seem like science. I'm okay if it's not science. You just like, gotta. I'm cool with it, it being magic. You just gotta tell me that it's magic. <laughs> like, I'm oh, seeing like oh, glowing. Oh, it's magic. Stop. Like, I'm seeing glowing things around like Doctor Strange's hands and like Iron Fist punches down a door in the in the trailer. Like that door was intense. Yeah, they did that in the in the comic in a couple of places where someone punched through a door or through a wall or whatnot. Yeah, and it was like, oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a thing that happens here. That's what Danny Rand does. Danny Rand door puncher. I love that in the um, in the tournament that they were in or the the um, living weapon tournament that all of the people that he was supposed to be going up against weren't villains. Like they were friends of, of his and they became friends later. Yeah. Be, became real friends later. Yeah. And they like, they were working together on, on things afterward and like finding what the, the eighth city or, or whatever, like that's, that's a really great thing of like, not everybody that he, that, that opposes him at, at one point or another is a villain or right. is an antagonist. They are just, they're the roadblock right then. Well, particularly in this story, it's about he's fighting in a tournament, and really the tournament never seems like the real story. The tournament is never like we have to. Win. It's not like Mortal Kombat where we have to win this tournament because blah blah. blah you know, yeah. <laughs> it's it's like this tournament is also happening. It does decide some important things. It's very but, important to him and his and and everybody that he cares about. Yeah. But he also has this really other big important thing yeah. going on. He's trying to avoid the destruction of the seven cities. Yeah. Um yeah. So He's just he's got a lot on his plate. He's got a lot to juggle. Yeah. Really good comic and a really pretty quick read. Was it nearly as uh I'm such a slow reader and that Ant-Man book we did a while ago way more pages, way more text and way more just like this is me so trying old. to read it and not fall asleep. Uh, yeah. This this was this was much more well, interesting to me. This this was a, a collection of the modern comics, right? You know, with a with a particular goal in mind. Absolutely. Whereas the old one was just like compendium of everything we've ever done on this character. Yeah, for sure. So, and and it's I think it's it's almost like these are released immediately. Like as as a companion to the show, and I think especially oh, yeah. with Luke Cage Avenger that we're going to be talking about in two weeks, it seems like that's being released directly as just like a, hey, the show's coming out. You in should three read weeks. this. Check this book out. <laughs> they did the same thing with uh, with the re release of the trade paperback of Alias for oh, yeah. Jessica Jones, and yeah. I've got the first volume of that. Cool. I don't did I I didn't let you read that did I I don't think so I'm sorry that's okay. Sorry, it's pretty good. It's pretty really good. Like, uh, yeah, I've, so I've much heard, so that they built a show around I've it. I've heard really great things. Um, it's all that purple. Yeah, gotta get, watch out for that purple, man. So, do you really have anything else that you want to talk about with this with the series? Not particularly. It's, it's good. It's good. 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 I really comic. recommend it. I feel much more immersed in in the lore. So. Are you looking forward to Iron Fist more now? I am. I am good. I am. That was the that was the whole point of this exercise. Yeah, because so. I was all excited about Iron Fist, and you were like, "Yeah, that's neat." I'm excited. I just don't know anything about the character, and now I do. Now I yeah. now I feel very versed in the lore. <laughs> yeah, and so and it'll be interesting to watch and watch and see what they do with the lore. Like, yeah, you know, that'll be cool. And same thing we we, we did with Ant Man. Uh, there are definitely parts of Ant Man that I wouldn't have gotten the jokes or the little inside tips of the hat if I had not. Uh, gone to see it first, so yeah, 
uh, or, or read the read that comic first. So yeah, I mean, I'm I'm excited to do that for Luke Cage next week too. Yeah. So. Yeah. Again, thanks to Nathaniel Muzzy for sending us that. That's exciting. Yeah, it is. Um, <laughs> so, uh, anyway, well, thank you guys so much for listening. I think that's about all we have for tonight. Yeah. Uh, a little shorter cast this week. Um, now that we're caught up on feedback. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but we'll be back in two weeks to cover Luke Cage. And then two weeks after that is, well, I don't know what we're going to be in two weeks after that, but then three weeks after that is Agent of Shield's back. And we're back to once a week, baby. Are we? I mean,. Is yeah, it? we're real soon. Hold on, let me look at the calendar and double we, check you, we, sir. We did right before we started. I don't want to. I don't. I, I don't remember it. I've, <laughs> I've talked about things since. We're then. basically five weeks from Agents of Shield starting back, and then two weeks after that, we have a, uh, a Luke Cage. Drop. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So our next episode is going to be about Luke Cage, and then two weeks after that is the week before Agents of Shield starts back yeah. up. Ooh, you so, know what we could do. We could uh, try to read the Robbie Reyes. We could do of, the Marvel uh, Now stuff. Yeah, yeah. That I mean, that's very recent. That's within the past two years. And they said they're changing it anyway, but we could check it out. That's still an intro to the character. Yeah, would be, be nice. Fun. Would be nice to do. We might do that. We'll let Let's you guys do know that. next week. More comic books. I like yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> and we can probably also talk about because the week before that. Um, the Civil War Blu-ray drops. We can talk oh, about the yeah. special features on that. Ooh, maybe that's a better. Uh, maybe that's something we'll do. We'll, yeah. we'll we'll talk about. It. We'll let you guys know next week. But this week, all right, two weeks from tonight, we'll be coming. We'll talk about Luke Cage Avenger. So if you guys want to get that trade paperback, it'd be awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much. We'll talk to you soon. Until next time, true believers. 